from friends to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with Lucy. Um, hi. Hey. And Adol. Hey. I think it's episode 351, um, because we missed a couple of weeks. There's a couple of lost episodes from a couple of previous weeks as well that will be coming out at some point in the near future uh, when we get our time back. Uh, we've all been ridiculously busy, and it's just the way that life goes, isn't it? Um I've been only a little busy. <laughs> a little busy, but you've been—you you haven't been allowed to go outside. You've had to stay indoors. But if you do end up uh, having to stay indoors, um, play Stacklands because oh, just buy it. I'm telling both of you now, especially you, Ben. Um, just buy it. Okay. You will find no time to play it, but just buy it. <laughs> On what? Uh, PC. Okay. Um, it's a, I guess, roguelike, even though I only died like twice, uh, card-based village sim game. Ooh, nice. Okay. Okay. Stack lands. All right. I'll, I'll take put it on that. your wish list. Yeah. yeah. Just earmark it. Cause I, uh, in the space, over the space of like 36 hours, I think I played for about 27. <laughs> wow. Nice. And I... Got all the achievements and completed it, so... Perfect. Mm. Added to my wish list. Done. Good stuff. And you, listener. Got it. <laughs> Perfect. It's from Sockpop, who um, put out, like, a game a month. I think they're going to start, um, you know, slowing that kind of cadence down. Like, do it every few months. But, yeah, they just make... Like, once a year, uh, they just make probably a game that's, like, on my top ten each year. It's just, like... Small little, nice, comp- you know, compact little things. They're just mm. great. Well, really well made and designed. So. Let's try. I'll try and fit that in. Try and fit that in. Who knows? We'll see. Um, let's open up some beers though, and we'll jump into what will be a little bit of a shorter episode. We've got a couple of games to talk about, uh, but as we say, we're busy people. There's still stuff. There's still loads of the evening to get work done in. So, Lucy, what are you drinking this evening, if anything? I am drinking a beer from Vocation. Ooh. This is the series. I think it's four beers where they they've got a take on like uh. a famous British chocolate. This is the Snickers one. As mm-hmm. you know, it's called Naughty and Nice, but you can obviously tell it's Snickers by the uh, design on the can. Um, uh, the series is called Naughty and Nice, isn't it? I think they're mm. all. Brand. Oh, is it okay? I think so. Apologies. Um, yeah, this is the roasted <laughs> peanut caramel chocolate imperial stout. That's a mouthful. But, um, yeah, it's Snickers. Because they've done them, is it Milky Bar, Bounty? Bounty, yeah. And what's it? A Maltese one? Is it a red, a red labelled one? Mm. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't really eat chocolate, but they're all chocolates I like. Mm, <laughs> so it was like, hmm. But I, the one I love the most, which is like Forbidden Fruit, because my sister has a nut allergy, is Snickers. So <laughs> it's like... Like, I'm allowed to eat it outside the... the front door. I can't bring it in. Either that, or I get the beer version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Yes, I pour it. That's a little shot. Nice. nice. Amazing, yeah, amazing. Pitch black. Ooh, that smell. That smell. So, yeah. I, 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 it's been so long. I've forgotten how we do this. Do we... Do oh, I mate, drink it, drink it, bar? drink it or now. Do, tell us, tell us you how not? you feel about it now, mate. Tell us how you feel about it. You've put so your nose in. No, it's fine. Just, just, so just, just let us know. Oh, Go for it. Delightful. 
reminds me of like the smell of like a Munson beers. Um, mm. like, super oh, rich. Yeah, super rich. It does smell like a Snickers bar, especially like the um, the gooey is it caramel inside of it or whatever. Um, oh, bit of getting like a little bit of marshmallow as well. But yeah, just just super gooey, caramelly chocolate. Mm. Nice. Mmm. That is that's got a taste at the start that I didn't quite expect. Mmm. A good taste or just a an off putting taste? A licorice kind of taste. Interesting. Oh, which, okay. which ordinarily I would hate. Because I don't like licorice. Mm. But it's just subtle enough, but it's immediately what I know is this, but then it quickly fades into, you know, more chocolatey, and it's very sweet. It's very sweet. It's 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 slightly cloying in that sense. I think the licorice taste adds to that, like kind of cloying effect. But it's it feels like a beer that I should hate because mm. it's is quite sweet. It tastes like it's got a little bit of licorice in it, but it's also like quite light. Um, it's nine percent. Did I mention that? It is nine percent, isn't mm. it? Yeah, good old marathon. Yeah, it's nine percent, but it doesn't taste like that at all. It's like not thin, but quite. It's, it still feels quite light bodied, which is okay. kind of weird, and like almost got that like Coca Cola esque aspartame refreshing kind of taste to mm, it as well. Okay, okay. It, these all sound like things that I would hate if one of you described it to me, yeah. but it's actually really quite nice. Okay. Cool. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. That's. I don't think it evokes Snickers exactly. Mm. Um. So I'd really be interested to see what the others taste like, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice beer. I don't think it has quite the. The depth that maybe I'm looking for in a stout. Right. But okay. In terms of like the different flavor profiles and everything going on, but um. It's still a really nice beer. Um, yeah, it was sweet, but not not overwhelmingly so for my palate, anyway. Fair, nice, nice. Um, I'll, I'll I'll tell you about my beer since I've opened it as well. So I've got a supermarket special, but it's a Northern Monk, and it's mm. their festive star. So a little bit of a Christmas beer, uh, the twenty twenty two edition. It's a vanilla, cinnamon, and chocolate porter at five point two percent. So it's uh, the Fovitesco says a festive twist packed with all things sweet spiced and nice uh, I think that's pretty much it yes it is for this beer um, as soon as I cracked the can I did get that cinnamon coming straight off uh, um, a little bit of chocolate as well on the nose still getting that now but it's again it's got that sweetness to it so I don't know if it's just that hint of vanilla kicking in as well on it but it does give it that, I don't know, this is the combination of the, the cinnamon and the vanilla. It gives it that kind of artificial sweetness sort of flavour to it. And I'm worried that now it's only 5.2 and it's a supermarket one, that it's going to be, as you were mentioning, Lucy, that slightly lighter, aspartame kind of uh, uh, feel to it. But we'll see. Definitely got a lot of that spice, that cinnamon. 
off the nose as well. Um, obviously, as dark as you would imagine. Um, white frothy head though, rather than sort of you know, hasn't got much of a hint of brown to mm. it in the uh, in its head. But it's a little thinner, but it's not too thin. It's not watery, but it hasn't got that kind of velvety or even close, you know, like syrupy kind of feel that I want from a bit more of a kind of a, a heavy winter stout let's say something that is a bit more kind of Christmassy and unfortunately the flavours that you get on the nose are dialed right back in the flavour mm. um, the cinnamon doesn't kick in very much it's it's there it's like really far at the back so as your palate dries out you get the cinnamon but it's quite light And you get a little hint of that vanilla as well. Not much. But I'm not getting a huge amount of chocolate coming through on this. There's a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of maybe more roasted notes to it than than, than chocolate. Um, I don't know if we've got anything like... It has got lactose in it. Um mm-hmm. Doesn't give me much else. Cinnamon, chocolate essence, vanilla essence. Doesn't tell me the hops or the the yeasts in there either. Um, So it it seems like it's got the right ingredients and it's trying. But maybe, you know, again, if this was like an 8% beer, it might just be that next level of flavour as everything is kind of stepped up slightly. Um, It's pleasant enough and it's a very easy drink because the flavours aren't that big. Because it's a little lighter, because it's a little weaker, it makes it just a very sort of, yeah, cool. I can drink four of these and, you know, uh, without having any repercussions whatsoever. (laughs) Um, I don't know about that. (laughs) You'll at least have to go to the toilet a bit more. Well, that's probably true. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, I I haven't got much more to say about this, really. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, Adol, we'll come to you then. Sure. Uh, I've got North's um, Light User Syndrome. It's American Brown Ale, 6%, 330ml can. Um, dark, rich caramel and chocolate malt character is balanced with the addition of New World hops, bringing firm bitterness and punchy citrus flavor and aroma. Yeah, so just a, a nice, simple 6% brown. Yeah, I think nice. I saw that one. Is that. Is that a supermarket one or is it elsewhere? Elsewhere. Yeah. Because um, supermarket, I'm not sure. A, a North Tap Room opened up in Birmingham. Uh, mm. Oh, did it? About a week and a half ago. Okay. Two weeks ago. I uh, haven't yet made it down there. Um, plan to. Because uh, I do very much like North beers. Mm. Yeah. It's the only one outside of wherever they are, Yorkshire. Um, <laughs> I was I was just about to say where is North? They're not Leeds, no, are they? I know they're North. So um, it might be Leeds. Leeds. So yeah. They are Leeds. Okay. Yeah, Yorkshire. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I was, it's it's in because Northern Munker Leeds, um, and I always think, oh, North aren't in Leeds. That's where Northern Munker. Right. But I'm just fucking wrong. <laughs> Somewhere up north. Yeah. Probably Wolverhampton. So as you can see, Dudley. I know Dudley's west as well. I was doing fine with the pour, and then I got distracted, and it immediately grew ahead, which is like actually maybe I won't focus. But it's like super thick and creamy. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, look at how solid that is. That's nice. Um, That's a block. That's not moving. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going to have to power through, I think. Um, it's got lovely multi... Um, nose. And I think, yeah, it says something about citrus. Yeah, I'm getting like a light, almost lemon flavor rather than lemon citrus like that peak mm-hmm. you get in like cleaning fluids that lemon like that just this the sharpness of that but still t- smelling more not artificial mm. um just underneath interesting in a brown really, ale to get that citrus cutting through i mean and yeah. it's re- it's like underneath everything it just has this, this peak of oh yeah that's there but oh if you just gave it a smell quickly you probably wouldn't notice it you're, you're getting this like nice nice rich malt um sweetness mm-hmm um, a little milk chocolate, like milk, slightly darky milk chocolate, like quality milk mm-hmm. chocolate, where the cacao, like the the, the chocolate's coming through. Yeah. Um, mm. Let's just drink through the head. If you tip back far enough, you'll get it. <laughs> this is really good. Um, it's deceptively drinkable. Okay. I think I'm gonna let it warm up a bit, just because it's a bit chilly, and I think that like punchy citrus flavor that they called, I think it's being a bit muted by the temperature. But mm. it's um, yeah, it's it's re it's a great brown ale that has this like. Slightly chocolatey, slightly caramelly tone to the maltiness. It's that six percent is giving it a nice viscosity, and mm-hmm. you can see just with that thickness of the head, it just has this like very wonderful body coming with it. Um, but it's exceedingly drinkable at the same time. Like it's not mm. you don't you could eat. I I mean, I've taken a fair few big sips because it's like oh this is tasty. Oh wait, six percent beer. Um, watch yourself, but also I, I have a feeling it's going to open up with just by warming up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm, it's like on like a small sip, it actually starts with that citrus, and kind of it, it lingers, and everything else sort of curves up and then over. And I'm curious whether because I think they said uh, punchy citrus flavor and aroma. I'm wondering if that punchiness is being muted but because it's cold so I'll, i'm gonna mm-hmm. do my best not to throw this back even though it's really tasty and effortlessly <laughs> drinkable um well we'll be we'll be incredibly quick well i say incredibly quick we'll give the the games we're going to talk about a fair fair bit of time but we've only got a couple of games uh, to talk about this evening so we'll get back round to the beers uh, and final thoughts on them hopefully some additional thoughts from you out once it's warmed up um i'm gonna jump in sounds good uh with what I've I kind of have and haven't been playing. I've had a, a code for a game called Ixion for a few weeks now, um, and I've spent a little bit of time with it. Uh, Twenty six hours over the last Ooh. two weeks. Um, some of that chunk. has been having it on and paused, and kind of doing a little bit and going away and, 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 and coming about a little bit, but not you know maybe maybe six of the of the twenty six hours something like that. Um, it's made by Bulwark Studios. Um, 
and it came out yesterday on the 7th of December. Um, it is a kind of like a management sim slash city builder slash slightly survivalish, um, but it's set on a space station. Um, it's a game, I think, which isn't kind of pushing towards that like city builder market. It has those elements to it, mm. but it's got a like a narrative running through it as well. It's not a you know like city skylines is hey just come and build a city, do some stuff. Here's some here's some things to try and do. Um, Ixion has a, a narrative which runs through you know it takes you through sort of the tutorial levels tells you kind of the different buildings that you need on your space station to be able to deal with the different kinds of issues that you have on there and then it kind of throws everything in the air with the narrative and goes uh oh this thing's happened now we've got this action you know a full story that's kind of running us through and there are little kind of points where you go great i need to have x amount of houses for my people because i need to make sure that they're all working adequately mm-hmm. uh, um, to keep the space station running to be able to then go and, and pull the space station over to this space to be able to do something in the narrative and then go somewhere else kind of thing so the narrative is tied quite well into sort of the main sort of quest lines what they want you to do and it's held my hand through the tutorial um, kind of the first act I suppose of the game um, and it's pulled me in enough that I kind of I just want to know more about the the narrative, and I'm enjoying the sort of the city builder element to it. Um, but it's the narrative that's really kind of pulling me back, and a little bit of the space exploration as well. So in Ixion, the space station that you or the spaceship that you build on is. Um, it's not spherical. It's cylindrical. So there's six sectors on the space station. Only one is open at the start, mm-hmm. um, and it's a it's a it's kind of a grid of like twenty squares by like sixty, okay. something around about that. And you get the kind of the scale of the game because a um, like a housing block which houses fifteen people. Um, takes up nine squares. It's it's mm. three by three, and buildings change in size. So uh, an airlock is much bigger. It has to be built up against one of the walls, um, either on the top or the bottom. Um, so there's a little bit of limitation in where some of the buildings can kind of go to show how you can sort of form these different almost like districts through the the space station. And I played up to a point where I'm three kind of sectors in um, very very quickly filled up the first through the kind of the pro or, or through the first act and um, into the second broke into the second I think as part of like a, almost like a sub quest line where it popped up and said we would like you to expand because there's too many people here um, so it sort of like ran through like that and then again quickly filled that up as well um, but it wants you to kind of sort of keep on top of the building management stuff and it doesn't penalize you for going oh bollocks i've made a mistake in putting these kinds of things here because i can just deconstruct this building i get some of the material back and then i'll rebuild it somewhere else it penalizes you in a way that you're not able to use that building at that point and if something goes wrong then you might not have a response to 
be able to deal with that or you then might not be making materials and converting say like iron which you've sent your mining ship out to go and collect uh, into steel to be able to build new buildings or, or silicone into carbon and all of these kinds of extra elements that it has kind of going on which leads you into building the higher level and, and later game sort of stuff mm-hmm. but it builds on all of that really really well and again I'm only in maybe in act two still but I I actually restarted the entire game um, because I got to a point in act two and I'm like oh bollocks I really don't like how I've set up all of my stuff like I'm, <laughs> I have I didn't get to the point where I uh, um, like got a game over on it but I hadn't built enough like food farms, so every cycle they weren't getting enough food, so my workers weren't working as well, which then impacted on everything mm-hmm. else. And I'm like, oh, this is I, I I don't know how to get back from this point. I've expanded too quickly. I've moved into the other sectors; they're not running very well, and my main sector is just falling apart completely. Let's start again. Yep. And I've got back to the same point that I was at basically. So yeah, uh, at that point you know the loop and you know the. That's it. I mean, absolutely. It probably took me sort of like ten hours to get to that point. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was a little bit less than that. But then the next time I did it, it was only half that amount of time. Yeah, to it's get so there. satisfying though when it's like, oh, I've cracked the code. I know what I'm doing next time. You know, absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. Like Stacklands is a bit more of a well, it's a roguelike. Like once you die, it's reset or whatever. So it's like chance to, you know. You use the knowledge that you've received, and mm. you know. Well, that's the whole point of a roguelike, I get, but but you know, <laughs> I, it's just a good feeling when that happens, you know. Absolutely. In something like this, where it's like a a sim game. Yeah, it's a little bit more. I think you you probably like a roguelike. You imagine that quick turnaround, don't you? Mm-hmm. Whereas this is a bit more of an investment. I think you yes. know, if I'd got and I'd opened up five sectors. And I push the narrative onto, you know, say like the penultimate act, whatever that might be, and then suddenly I get that game over. That that's going to be like, oh, for fuck's sake! And <laughs> you know, I would start again because again, you're going to hit those points quite early. You know what you're doing. You can build up to that kind of point. One of the elements of the game is you you've got three views. One is the ship view, where you're kind of the the in the center of this cylinder looking at the different sectors that's how you Mm -hmm. kind of build your buildings there's an outside view of the ship and then there's a solar system view and once you've built a couple of different things you can send your ships and probes off to explore the solar system and one of the things i really like doing on my first run and one of the reasons why i started to run out of materials was because i kept building probes and just sending them out into the solar system to be like oh what's this over here what's over here um the thing i found on the second run and i don't know whether this is it's definitely the same for me whether it's the same for every player is that um i had to rediscover where the planets were in the solar system okay and on the second run they're in exactly the same place as they were on the first run so whether that is just set, it's not like randomly generated on each kind of playthrough about where these things are, um, again, allowed me to go, great, I know that the they want me to go to Jupiter. Let's just send a probe and see if it's where it was in the last one. Oh, it is. Great. Mm. I know that I can then blast through these next narrative points and I've got to go over there. Uh, I know that I did a sort of like a subquest over in Mars to deconstruct the space station that they had over there or i went to mercury to collect some science points to help me with the technology tree and stuff so it just allowed having that knowledge 
and that experience of that first playthrough has allowed that to just speed up that little bit. And I don't know whether that's what has kind of pulled me through a bit more in the second playthrough, along with the narrative and wanting to know. And things like the flavour text and the little sub-quests and stuff having very good writing for me to want to go and experience those kinds of things. And they're be they're, they're multiple choice as well with some of these sub-quests. Mm. So you might go to Mars and one of the options is explore the base or the other one is just deconstruct it and take the resources. And in the first one, I'm like, I explored the base, but I know that there was then another option past that. So I'm going to explore again, but I might choose the other option this time. So there's a little bit of replayability in that sort of sense. And, you know, stuff can happen. I think on one of my uh, um, sort of missions, a couple of people died because I said, like, clear the debris or something. And it was like, these two guys were far too um, aggressive with trying to clear it and basically just got covered in sand or something and just, you know, swamped over because it's Mars. Um, So there's lots of little bits which just keep me going, oh, I fucked that up. Do I do it again? No, it's fine. I've lost a few people. That's okay. We can deal with that. (laughs) They're expendable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've used all of my steel. Bollocks. Um, Or there's there's not enough food for everybody. Bollocks. So there are those kinds of points which you'll definitely hit and go, oh, how? How can I come back from this? Is it a what? Do I wipe this whole sector and not worry about it and just go into sector two and just concentrate on that and then rebuild back into sector one again? There's a little bit of strategy perhaps around what you might be able to do there, but I haven't had the time yet to um, explore that too much more. And I I don't know whether I will. I think it's, again, as I say, for, for me... It's definitely the narrative that's pulling me through that little bit more. It is a satisfying kind of uh, um, management game and, and, and building and that sort of stuff as well to keep me there to experience the narrative. You know, it could be a great narrative, but if the gameplay was rubbish, I'd just go and watch it on stream or YouTube or, or something like that to understand what the story might actually be. Yeah. But the gameplay is enough for me to be like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I like city builders and that kind of management sim so it's 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 definitely ticking a lot of boxes for me and because it's got that insane sci-fi vibe you know it like it hooks me straight away mm-hmm, with that mm-hmm. you know I mean, it's it, it's got that like chilled lo-fi uh, uh sort of soundtrack to it as well so it kind of is just like it's a really good sci-fi package too oh yeah like the the art and Mm. Imagine if games looked like this in the 90s and 80s. It's like, imagine how much happier we'd be as people. <laughs> Sometimes I, I want to build a time machine purely for I to go, A, to go back and like sample foods that are like no longer sold or something like that. Um, go back to like food places that are shut down. Nice, anyway, yeah, yeah. And B, just to give this to somebody, even myself, mm. in like the early 90s and just like doesn't matter if the game's bad it looks like this and it's just like we'd be so happy yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I got a press release for this and I was like mm. that looks alright you know <laughs> this is not yeah. my kind of game but this is uh, the look is doing it for me mm. like yeah. like CRPG kind of isometric kind of look mm-hmm. looks, looks nice it does, and I, I think it plays very well with that in the sort of in the ship view, 
but mm-hmm. also when you have that much wider uh, solar system view as well, mm-hmm. kind of everything is zoomed right out, and you get that you you get the scale of kind of what's going on. Um, obviously, it's all incredibly shrunk down. So you have it. You do have a dot which represents yeah. Earth or the Moon or something, and then the next one is here rather than over. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> mm, you, you wouldn't be able to see anything on your screen if they showed the, the solar system to its scale. But they do well enough to still give you a sense of, oh, okay, the ship moves r- incredibly slowly as well. And so, like, go cargo ship to this uh, asteroid that's been mined. And it's like, yes, we will go. It is taking us four cycles to get all the way over there and like oh no bollocks send a probe out to find one that's a little bit closer to mine because that's I'm going to run out of something at some point very very quickly Uh, I'm just thinking of stack lens and how it looks like it's got like a a thousandth of the art it's just like still like yeah it's it's hitting on all the everything you've said like that gameplay loop and everything it's just like so I felt that stack lens. Nice, good. Maybe, good. maybe I do like strategy games, <laughs> and I just don't have time. And then that... I think we've I had this conversation know. before, Lucy. You definitely like strategy games. Yeah, I think I play more strategy games than you do. <laughs> you like strategy games, and you secretly like card games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm guessing you actually are the biggest Final Fantasy VII fan in the room. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> That's where your logic around. falls apart. Yeah. Mm. Uh, nice. I'll probably have more thoughts on Ixion kind of in the coming weeks, uh, if not into sort of next year. When uh, my time is, my time will never be my own. But when I have some more time to be able to. Uh, You're right. It's true. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that's, that's the sort of initial thoughts on Ixion. Um, and so we'll jump to you, Lucy. Not for mm-hmm. Stacklands, but for something else. No, um, I, I've I've talked enough about Stacklands. Uh, I, 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 one more thing on Stacklands, though. I did mm. look at the reviews. There was like fifteen thousand. So this goal, this game sold well wow. <laughs> by those statistics. But um, so yeah, uh, good for them. Um, the game that I'm going to talk about is. I guess you could cause it uh, call it a organizational puzzle game. Um, it's called A Little to the Left. I th- I think it's on Steam and maybe Nintendo. The Nintendo, the Nintendo Switch. That's the one. Um, imagine if I said it was for like the Wii, but um. Yeah, the it's it's a puzzle game, um, and it is basically about uh, it's level by level. You're organizing these little vignettes, these little things, just normal things that you'd find find around like you know an everyday household. So like moving jars on like a shelf in the right position, or books, or putting you know things into a uh, tool set or a a a desk drawer. It's all about you know, organising things. I guess it's sort of like... Think of unpacking or a Wilmot's warehouse. But mm. where this game differs from those games, which I really love, like Unpacking was one of my favourite games last year. Wilmot's warehouse. Absolutely loved that the year it came out. 
probably on my top 10 that year. This game is a little bit more frustrating. Okay. Because in those games, like Unpacking, um, and even to a much larger extent, Wilmot's Warehouse, the organisation is down to you. It's down to your own... How you see things, how you organise things, how you sort things in your own mind and head. Is it by colour? Is it by size? Is it by height? Whatever. Um, Whereas in this game, whilst there are, for, you know, most of the levels, different alternate solutions, so it's like, there's a book Mm -hmm. and a book's on a bookshelf. Okay, you can do it by height, or you can do it by, say, thickness. And those are two different solutions. And it's like, okay, that's fine, but not all the levels have that. And sometimes you are just trying to, you're trying to figure out what the designer wanted, what the, what the, what the people who made this, what is their thinking process? And it's like it's impossible to to do that because everybody's mind is different, you know. Everyone's mind is, mm. you know, you know, you could have a brain that's very OCD driven, or you could just be like, oh yeah, whatever, you know. It's mm. it's like there's so many different spectrums in that, and it's like it's hard to pinpoint like what exactly the designer was um you know thinking and how they how they would have organized something um sometimes the game does give you clues in like when you're arranging something on the screen and just you know just dragging and dropping these items sometimes they click into place and it, you know it's just this kind of imaginary imagine like a grid um but sometimes, but that doesn't always happen, and you never know okay. which puzzle is going to have that kind of like time where they all just set into place. And sometimes it's just so hard to predict. Um, on some puzzles, it's like, okay, I feel like a genius. I've got it. Um, I I know exactly. It's like I saw one, you know, solution, which is the straightforward solution, and then you're like, oh, but once if I did it by the colours of the rainbow or something mm. like that. And it's like, you feel you feel like a genius when you've found an alternate solution. But the times where you just don't see it, because, you know, everybody's different, it just becomes so frustrating. And it's like, the game has, um, you know, it, it's made some concessions in that sense. It's like, you can just skip a level and it doesn't matter. It's like, okay. you want, you want, your progress is not, you know, uh, blocked if you can't think of a solution. Right. Um, right. So does that mean? So is everything kind of open straight away, or does it, does it run you through levels? And it then runs you, can you just through. Like yeah. Skip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, runs you through levels. I think there's like five different sets of levels. Um, and yeah, it's just you know different household objects, and it's, I don't think there's any much theme to like the order of the puzzles, but it's it's pretty much separated into five different blocks, but. You can just be like, skip, 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 um, do the ones that you can, and just skip over them. So it's really, you know, there's, there's no friction in that sense, um, because it is meant to be a relaxing experience. I mean, mm-hmm. the art style's really great. It's got, like, this cartoony art style. There's always this little cat that peers every now and then. For us pre-cat people, that just, like, starts messing up with your organisation, so that's really charming. Um... And yeah, the music's great, really soothing, really relaxing. It's it's a game that's meant to chill and mellow you out, and mm. it does for about 75% of the time. The other 25%, it 
is enraging. Oh, no. <laughs> You're just like, what is the solution? What do you want me to do? And then you look up, you can get a hint, which mm-hmm. is uh, basically you go to the hint screen, uh, which is in the main menu. Um, and you're basically doing this like uh, stencil, you know, using this the pencil to, you know, uh, reveal this picture of what the solution is. So okay. you can just, you know, scrape out a little corner and just have a look. Okay, which one's there? Which is the first book in this on this shelf? And just just look at it, you know, get a little sneak peek. But some of them, I was just like, just reveal the whole picture to me because I don't even understand <laughs> how we got to this point. <laughs> what is this solution? Why are you organising things in this way? So, mm. yeah, it's... But if, if if you see it, you see it. It's just one of those. It's, yeah. it's, it's impossible to predict how different people are going to take things. I and mean, it's not something that you can play test because, say, 75% people get that right. 25% people are going to be like well, I do not understand mm. so mm. yeah it's but but overall it was a nice little experience probably about three hours so okay yeah that's not bad yeah so it didn't nice have a experience. It, it, it's just sort of a, a series of unrelated puzzles as well there's yeah. not sort of like any narrative kind of pulling <coughs> it no not really apart from your cat's an arsehole which we all know <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate narrative. Yeah. Um, the tale is all this time. <laughs> nice, nice. Um <laughs> Yeah, it does look really good in in the um just the aesthetic, just that, that colour palette that they take and the tone they take with yeah, each of them. Really <laughs> uh, um, yeah, really muted kind of tones. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Like pastel colours. It's it looks really nice. And there is like a daily you know uh, a daily sort or whatever it's called that you can do, but it's it's just a pretty much a remix on on the puzzles that you've already seen okay. through the main game. So probably isn't going to have that much longevity um, in terms of interest from most it's, players. It's you're not dropping back in to. No, I only have now and then, just because mm. of the achievements tabs. <laughs> of course, you yeah. know, I thought I thought you finally made peace with not giving a shit about those. Oh, I do, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I have issues. We all do. <laughs> um, what, are you, what are you playing it on, on the Steam Deck? <coughs> yeah, Steam Deck, sorry. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, I saw uh, it in, in and the... it works um, well on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, works I see well. in the... the uh, like reveal trailer or one of them, it's on the uh, on the Switch mm-hmm. as well. It does seem like Steam Deck and Switch are probably the best platforms um, to play something like this on. I mean, the drag and drop definitely works better with a mouse. Okay. Um, mm. So I have played it also on my main PC. Mm. Um, yeah, it probably works better with a mouse, but it's absolutely uh, you know serviceable and quite accessible on you know handheld. Hmm. There's, there's not much. There's no resistance in the controls in that sense. So yeah, nice, nice, nice little experience. I did, I did enjoy it overall on the whole. Yeah, good, good. Okay, well, two two good experiences for us this mm-hmm. evening. Then with the games that we've uh, been playing, we will wrap up there. 
for the evening. But we'll come back to Adol's beer, at least, because mm. it's had a good sort of half an hour, 40 minutes to sort of warm up. Yeah. Just to see if there was any difference in that flavour that you were getting. Yeah, very much so. The citrus did exactly what I thought it would do. It blossomed forward. It's now a main part of the taste. It's um, it's giving it this a very strong bitterness. Hmm. Um. So instead of being this like luscious, caramelly, malty like one very rich note, it's now has that note, but right on top. Like it still is a unified taste, but in the middle is this um, or rather, it's this like melding of this bitter sort of um, bitter lemony citrus note that luckily is less harsh and less sort of near that like you know, I said it was kind of the sharpness you get from like cleaning um, fluid lemon that's all gone now it's, it's, it, the two warmed up together and now you actually have this caramelly bitter with a slight citrus or lemon tint um, beer it, it tastes much more like a brown ale than mm sort of just a darker beer okay. because that bitterness is bringing it back to the ale side I do like it right now it's very it. very good okay. I'm very I can still recognize the beer I tasted when it was cold but I um, but I'm actually kind of surprised at how much it, it opened up mm. um, yeah it's really good um, I would definitely have another one of these immediately afterwards uh, that richness is still there but yeah, it just it's just it's so well like woven together that sort of rich caramelly maltiness and that like oh no this is an ale and it's it's hitting you with a little bitterness not too much that they're working together great yeah very nice beers. good good um, as we we've started with the article, we'll roll through backwards through the beers um, only because I haven't got much more to say about the festive mm-hmm. star flavor didn't change much through it mm. I didn't get <coughs> much more sort of either of the cinnamon or of the vanilla nut any more chocolate kind of coming through it stayed very it was consistent in its flavour it was just very light and easy drinking but I wanted something a little a little bit bigger even just uh, just a hint of that that chocolate just a little more of it would have uh, would have pulled that together a bit more so Lucy um, we'll come to you yeah it's I don't have much more to say also um, okay. as I said not really evoking uh, Snickers nothing mm. is such a good chocolate um, but it is a very nice beer um, it, it, it succeeds at getting that caramel taste across um, that's probably the dominant flavour mm-hmm. that bit of licorice has uh, pretty much died down and the aspartame uh, taste has died down. I think it's become a bit thicker as I poured the rest of the can in, so maybe that was the um, that was the well, not the issue, but that was why I was um, had that flavour profile at the start. But mm-hmm. it's good. Uh, it could be a bit sweet and cloying for some people, but it's stout weather. This is what you want. Um, it's got a nice bit of body to it now. It's got a thickness. It's got the, the dark chocolate malt. It's it's good. It's good. So yeah, mm. naughty and nice uh, Snickers version. I want to try the others, um, contrast and compare. Yeah, because it's just an excuse for me to drink more beer. So. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> you just have to do like one a night for the next, well, the next three nights. 
as well mm. as there's four of them, I suppose. I'm thinking just do them all at once. Yeah. Same night. How else, <laughs> how else are you going to get the best, you know? That's fair. The, the, I'm a scientist, Ben. That's true. That's true. We have got our end of the year <laughs> show coming up in a couple of weeks as well. So Yeah, I, I was making an excuse. a list. Um, did you check yeah, it twice? I, I did. Not very good. Not <laughs> no, this is naughty and nice. So, oh. not all. Um, but yes, I, I, I've, I think I've settled on a top eight. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, top and eight. Okay. Unless I, because I don't. There's there's some games that it's like. Uh, I like them, but do I like them more than any of the other to get mm-hmm. up onto that top ten? Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just list off a few honourable mentions on the podcast yeah. and mm. stick with a top, a solid top eight. <laughs> Maybe it'll be nine by the time we get there. Maybe I'll play something like <laughs> Stacklands or something. You know, so. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Um, well, listener, stick with us. We are uh, at Tactivecast on the socials. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adel is. At the Omni York. And Lucy is. Confined. Uh, juicy Loose 9. <laughs> and we are all over at outoflives.net. Or out of lives pod, I think, on Twitter. Or at Vice Net on Twitter. It's It's one of those. It's been so long. It has been absolutely ages, and I've not written anything, put anything on the site for ages. Anyway, it's a completely different kind of conversation. Um, Come and join us in our Discord. Hit one of us up, and you can come and talk to us all the time about the beers that we're not drinking, the beers that we should be drinking, and the games that we uh, are and should be playing as well. Rate and review us on your podcast service of choice because it's always helpful. Tell a friend. That is the most helpful way of mm. being able to spread joy to people's lives and giving them the gift that they always wanted of Christmas of three idiots talking about beer and games. Um, what else I think is there? You lost the, uh, the metaphor on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you dropped the ball. Just a bit. Yeah. There's some other stuff, YouTube and all of those kinds of things. We're on Twitch, that's where we are right now. Come and join us each and every week, almost. Um, potentially back to normal when things have quietened down yeah, a little pro- bit on the, on the world. Possibly in the new so, year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely in the yeah. new year. But we will hopefully be with you next week. And then, I think just before Christmas, we'll be doing our end of year show, where each and every year we've listed off roughly our top ten. Occasionally... Lucy throws a curveball and does, you know, some random categories, um, <laughs> like it's you know the Game Awards or something, and she's just sort of throwing out what was it one year like best cup of tea game? Yeah, is the one that always sticks in my mind. Yeah, which is the only category. Yeah, I don't even remember what the game was. I just remember what the category was. Neither I mean, that's I. the mark of a good category, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they should hire me on the Game Awards panel. Exactly, that's what it is. I won't be it's... doing best esports coach. Exactly. Come yeah, on. Completely gone are the days of just like best game. Pfft. Who needs best <laughs> game? Mate? What we need to know is really niche, very bespoke categories that mm. talk yes. to people. Best game best to play number on nine. the toilet. That's actually on today. I thought yeah, it, it would is. be yeah, like now. It's like at midnight. Yeah. And just like. Oh, yeah. I I might do because I've already destroyed my sleep pattern playing Stacklands to like four AM <laughs> each night, so I might do it. What's another day? Um, That's fair. I might, but I don't want to. 
I don't want to. Because it's just going to be like, oh, here's this game that's like AAA and boring. It's coming out next year. And everyone's like, oh, did you see it? You'll see it all in the morning anyway. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'll probably stay up. God damn it. <laughs> I want to see Vampire Survivors one game of the year. <gasps> oh, no, it's, it's got DLC coming out. Is it? <gasps> it's basically a whole new game. It's like 15 more weapons, like more characters, more levels. It's basically just the same game again, but different stuff. Like, <gasps> if it's out tonight, then don't have to worry about 12.30. Oh, mate, I'll just, be up till 12.30. Shadow drops it in a bit. <laughs> it's like, hey, Vampire Survivors DLC is now. Um, okay. Just to leave Not our just to leave our viewers, our listeners with uh, with that, yeah, one of our favourite games, I would imagine, that might be talked about in a future episode, Vampire Survivors, has DLC called Legacy of the Moon Spell. Um, <laughs> release date is currently. <laughs> yeah, well, who fucking it's knows? a Castlevania title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> is. Yes. Um, the release date on Steam is coming soon. So there's the potential for a little shadow drop during the game awards. Oh, that'd be pretty um, boss. I looked at Steam DB, um, not Steam, some other thing. I can't remember what it was because I just wanted to know how much Stackland sold because it had like fifteen thousand views. Vampire mm. Survivors, um, I think it's like gross like thirteen point four million pounds, and just like or dollars rather, and just like. Good on that guy. That's you know? nuts. For a game <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like, great. what, three quid? Yeah. That that's... is insane. Yeah. Yeah. It sold millions of copies. Good. I ho- I, all I hope is that he paid that guy who, who he took the free asset pack from. <laughs> which, <laughs> by the sound of the developer, he seems like a nice guy from all the interviews that I've read. <laughs> I think he would have. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, probably commissioned him for more. <laughs> You would imagine so, yes, definitely. Um, Good. Let us end there for this week. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Uh, Catch us next week and in the future. We have been tagged up. Goodbye. See ya. Ciao. Bella. Sorry. (laughs) No apology necessary.